Welcome to the Fiber for Breakfast podcast, a series that discusses fiber as the critical infrastructure for today's growing broadband needs. Listen in as Gary Bolton, CEO and President of the Fiber Broadband Association, speaks with industry thought leaders and experts about connectivity issues and the impact on the remote workplace. I hope you enjoy today's discussion, which will start momentarily. And remember to subscribe and like this podcast on your favorite platform. This week's Fiber for Breakfast brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Wesco. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fiber Broadband Association's Fiber for Breakfast. We're now in our 32nd episode of 2023. Before I kick off, though, I'd like to thank Wesco, the platinum sponsor of Fiber for Breakfast. Uh, this week, I'm in Mountain Connect in Denver with other key members of the industry that are working to get every American connected with broadband by 2030. And speaking of get everyone connected, Fiber Connect 2023 in Orlando is on August 20th, 23rd. That is less than two weeks out. And this will be the biggest and best uh, fiber broadband event in the world this year. So if you haven't registered, please do so ASAP because we're definitely going to be sold out. And our next and final regional Fiber Connect workshop for the year will be in Minneapolis on October 24th. You're not going to want to miss that, so please go ahead and get registered for that. And that brings us today's Fire for Breakfast session with Ron Westfall, the Research Director for Futurum Group, to discuss why security is key to enduring fiber success. And last week on Fire for Breakfast, we had the pleasure of hearing from Rick Talbot, the Principal Analyst at ACG Research, discuss middle mile networks, more traffic than you were expecting. And you know, perhaps it's no surprise that as we roll out 10 gig pond and 25 gig pond and 50 gig pond, uh, these networks and beyond, it's going. You know, our middle mile networks are going to have to handle much more traffic than we were, would have ever previously imagined. Um, so if you missed that, you know, please check out the replay of that event. And today on Fire for Breakfast, our guest is Ron Westfall, the research director for Fur- Furium. Futurum. How do you say that, Ron? Futurum, right on. Futurum? Yep. Thumbs up. I always, I always struggle with that, even when Scott's first name that. I, I, I agree. You're not the only one. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Why security is key to enduring fiber success. Ron is an experienced, customer-focused research expert and analyst with over 20 years of experience in digital and IT transformation markets, working with businesses to drive consistent revenue and sales growth. He is a recognized authority at tracking the evolution of and identifying key disruptive trends within the service enablement ecosystem, including a wide range of topics across software and services, infrastructure, 5G, communications, Internet of Things, artificial intelligence, analytics, security, cloud computing, pretty much everything. Huh, Ron, you cover everything, regulatory issues. So prior to his work at the Futurum Group, Ron worked for global data technology, creating syndicated custom research across a wide range of technical fields. His work with current analysis focused on broadband and service provider infrastructure markets. Ron holds a master in public policy from University of Nevada, Vegas, and a bachelor um, from, in poli-sci and government from William & Mary. So welcome, Ron. And for our audience, please type in your questions and comments as we go and work them in the Q&A at the end. With that, let me turn things over to Ron. Well, thank you, Gary. I fully appreciate the intro. And yes, here we are with our slides. And the theme is why security is key 
to enduring fiber success. And I would also like to address why fiber is key to the enduring success of security itself. And so, yeah, let's dive right in with the next slide, please. All right, here we go. Why are we here talking about security? I think we all understand why. Uh, security is taking the spotlight. We've seen the headlines. Uh, high profile security breaches are generating a lot of headache and concern out there. And uh, for example, IBM just came out uh, with their report on the cost of a data breach. And what they found is that the average cost of a data breach is $4.45 million. And that's just during this year. And that's just the average. Clearly, uh, that is very costly for any business out there. So this is why security is pretty much being uh, a topmost consideration. And we'll see more of that. And that leads into the next point, which uh, actually surprised me a bit. And that is over 60% of businesses that experience a cyber attack close their door within six months. And this is according to the National Cybersecurity Alliance. And if that doesn't uh, capture your attention, nothing will. I mean, this is why security has to be essential in making sure that your organization can succeed and also uh, be able to avoid you know, uh, these costly breaches. And this is also tied into uh, the next data point that I would emphasize is that cyber crime can cost businesses up to 10 $0.5 trillion annually on a global basis. And that's according to uh, cybersecurity ventures. And so, you know, we can quibble with whether it's, you know, below uh, or above uh, $10 trillion, but the bottom line is this is costly. And this is something that's clearly cybersecurity is a key part of uh, what is going on here. And this, I think it's feeding the next point, and that is 68% of business leaders feel that cybersecurity risks are increasing. And uh, I'm slightly surprised that it's only 68%. I'm uh, deducing that some business leaders that they're already at maximum security alert and therefore they can't get any higher. But regardless, clearly it's a, a major headache. And uh, this is, a, I think, a useful data point that Accenture has come up with. And uh, one other thing that I wanna emphasize as a final takeaway here is that it's not just about the organizations themselves, but the partners. Uh, for example, the Ponemon Institute uh, indicated that 53% of companies experienced a third-party data breach in the past year. So it's not just about protecting your own organization, but also working with your partners and channels to make sure that you're all secure. And I'll touch on that a bit more, which is you know, the warrant for why we did this survey, why we partnered with Dell. And I think uh, it's pretty uh, straightforward. Uh, that is, we wanted to better understand the threats that the organizations are facing when it comes to security. Uh, and that is, we know there's a serious problem out there. Now let's break it down. Let's get some data points that can help us you know, improve the situation. And I think that's gonna be something that the fiber community as a whole can make a huge difference. That is developing better strategies, better defenses to secure, for example, hardware devices, user data, and so forth. And uh, a bit of uh, information in terms of the demographics of the data, and I can provide more detail if needed. Uh, basically, it was 990 responses across IT, business, and security uh, professionals. It was on a global basis. And it uh, basically uh, tailed organizations of uh, many sizes. Uh, a significant portion were the large enterprises. The largest geo was North America. But the bottom line here is that with 1,000 responses, I think we have a pretty good pulse as to what's going on with security decision-making, where we kicked off the survey to basically find out 
what are the top concerns and that have been mounting over the last 18 months. And basically, we asked uh, the respondents to look at the categories here on the left column and respond in two ways. Has it been an overall issue and has it been a significant issue? And as we can see that it's pretty pretty much a consensus here, like 97% of the organizations have indicated that maintaining a strong security posture has simply been a challenge. And for 70% of the organizations out there, it's been a huge challenge. And so what this is leading into is that uh, the decision makers are making a strong security posture a top most priority across all of their decision making. And that will feel, uh, for example, uh, more prioritization of adapting and changing policies and processes to improve their security posture. And that, uh, as you can see here on the data, ranked next after you know what is going on with overall security. And so this is piling up, but there's a silver lining here is that supply chain disruptions aren't as uh, much of an issue as it had been, for example, during the onset of the pandemic, as well as the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So if there's any uh, slightly good news here, this is it. I think we're also seeing, for example, in the semiconductor realm, uh, a lot of uh, governments and uh, policymakers putting emphasis on making supply chains more resilient and more geographically reliable and so forth. And so we're you know, seeing uh, the seeding of that and we'll see more progress in this area. So that is something that I think is uh, notable. But don't get me wrong, supply chain concerns are always going to be an issue and that's related to security. And so basically, I think the key takeaway is that this is something that impacts the fiber market and community. And that includes, uh, for example, the distributed workforces, but overall, the security implementation of the organization. Now here we're asking, you know, which of the following do you consider the topmost needs in maintaining a strong security posture? And we asked them to rank uh, different categories. And at the top is operating system level security. That makes sense. Anybody has a smartphone, a laptop, and so forth has to have a secure OS, or basically it, you're not going to get much done. But what I think is important is that the access management came in second amongst all of these different choices. And that applies to devices, applications, and users. And that naturally extends to, for example, ONTs and other optical devices that are essential to the implementation of any organization's network. And that leads to the next point, and that is the policy management has to extend to the business-to-business -business capabilities, but also the access infrastructure and the hybrid workforce. And this, I think, is the one area where organizations and the fiber community can work together, getting a better understanding, a better visibility into the overall network. And that certainly includes the fiber components. And as a result, I think this is a way for fiber suppliers to sharpen their overall value propositions by making security a top uh, selling point, a top area to address you know, the concerns of organizations out there. And here we're asking which of the following initiatives for IT security are you considering most important for the next 12 months? So we're uh, looking forward with this question. And tied at the top is both improving hardware security and improving mobile security. And uh, I believe this is no coincidence. Uh, for example, any organization out there that has to implement, say, a private network or has to implement uh, 4G, Wi-Fi capabilities has to use fiber backhaul to make those networks resilient, robust, and secure. And if you're not using fiber backhaul, I strongly recommend that you do so, because that is definitely going to be a difference maker in how efficient and how secure these networks will be over the long term, not, let alone today. 
And I think that fuels the next point, that strengthening advanced threat intelligence and supporting cloud-based security services are, I think, notable opportunities. And what I'm seeing is that many of the major fiber suppliers are already doing this. And there, I think there's opportunity to make this even more integral to their overall value propositions. For example, you see uh, companies like Nokia, Cisco, Calix, and so forth. Uh, this is just a sampling. All of them are making, I think, very important portfolio-wide initiatives to make security distributed across all of their portfolio, and thus uh, has this reassurance, this peace of mind that they can deliver to customers when they adopt any fiber-related implementation. And back to uh, the supply chain, this, I think, could be a differentiator. This is something that flies under the radar a little bit, but has come out in the survey, and that is verifying your supply chain and de device component security can help boost differentiation. So it's not just about, okay, we can meet your security. The fact that the solution we're delivering has supply chain certification, validation, that this is something that has not been uh, meddled with uh, before giving it to you, before implementing it with you, that I think is something that can uh, prove a difference maker. And here we're asking about EDR or endpoint detection response. And first of all, EDR, provides an integrated hub for the collection, correlation, and analysis of endpoint data, as well as coordinating uh, alerts and responses to immediate threats. And so, as you can see here, basically over 80% of the organizations out there are already implementing EDR, and the rest of them are considering it. So this, I would characterize as a no-brainer. This is, I think, one key area where security can shine, but also it applies directly to uh, fiber suppliers and all the other fiber partners out there. And this, again, I think is something that can help with that policy framework that I talked about, adopting the rules to automate responses across the entire organization. So it's not just about, for example, the fiber interconnects in a data center and uh, the fiber connections uh, between the headquarters and the branch offices, but also extending it to the distributed workforce. For example, uh, using fiber to the home to really make sure the entire organization is secure. And we understand now that securing the home office is just as important as securing uh, the headquarters, the data centers, and so forth. And so I think this is one area that, uh, again, uh, there can be expanded partnership and channel relations that the fiber community can definitely advance and thus overall improve the overall threat intelligence proposition of not just their own portfolios, but certainly other customers, and as well as the partners that we touched on, because it's important to have this done correctly across the board. Okay, I think this is uh, 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 one slide before, please. Uh, why fiber strengthens industry-wide security. And I think there are uh, uh, several important reasons. Uh, this is where fiber really shines. First of all, it does not require outdoor power electronics. So it's extremely well-suited for intrusion detection applications. And yes, this is talking about physical perimeter security, but as we know, uh, this is always important. For example, certainly when it comes to national security installations, but also for any organization that has a security first mandate. So uh, I think it's important to know that by using uh, this capability, you're not gonna have some of the issues that can come up with other technologies. And I'll touch on that right now. First of all, fiber optics also improves increased signal distance for video monitoring and video surveillance applications. And I, we're seeing this becoming on 
um, onboarding a lot more. And the question is why, well, first of all, security is just becoming a, a much more important. But when it comes to video security, what we're seeing some progress in is that organizations, for example, can get insurance discounts. And so, you know, savings anywhere is going to be important, but with fiber fed video, uh, uh, surveillance and security, uh, that gives more confidence in uh, the viability of that implementation. It's not going to be as prone to some of the issues we already talked about. Another important factor is that fiber is immune to electromagnetic and radio frequency disruption. And we're not just talking about blast radius here, we're talking about unforeseen uh, disruption. It could be uh, something uh, simple as spectrum interference, you know, when you're using a wireless application. And that's something you can avoid by using fiber wherever you can. And so I think that is something that, again, reinforces that if it's good enough for defense and national security, it's certainly going to be, I think, a top consideration for your own organization's security needs. Also, I think this is neat, uh, fiber transmits data through pulses of light. And quite simply, they're much more difficult to intercept than the electrical signals used by alternative technologies such as cable HFC or the wireless signals used by satellite internet or other you know, wireless technologies. And so again, this is uh, something that we already saw with the data points at the beginning. You can't let any part of the security lapse and that includes physical layer security and having a robust, strong physical layer security is going to reinforce security across the board for any organization, it doesn't matter if you're a large enterprise or a small business looking to add video security to make sure you have that extra peace of mind. Another key consideration is that broken or damaged fiber can be detected swiftly and thus make it easier to diagnose and fix before performance is impacted severely. Now, this is something that is basically absolutely critical for, for example, with public safety, first responder, emergency responder networks. That's going to be true for any organization. I mean, the more downtime that your business is on, the more money you lose. And it can also become, well, quite simply, end of business proposition if this happens, as we saw with the fact that 60% of businesses ended up shutting down because of a severe security breach. And so uh, this also leads to, I think that uh, another reason why fiber is so critical is that it can be run next to industrial equipment. So we're seeing you know, uh, use cases that are looking at more automated manufacturing, ports, mines, you know, there's just a whole host of areas where if you're using a wireless implementation, you need that fiber backhaul in place to make it successful. And also fibers less susceptible to things like temperature fluctuations, and also it can be submerged in water. And so, you know, it's just so resilient, so flexible, and that it can just meet so many needs for a lot of key use cases and uh, vertical industries. And here we are, yeah, here are the key takeaways. I think uh, we established that security is very important and it's top of mind for the key decision makers out there. And that it's also going to be a difference maker in how fiber succeeds. But as I noted, also fiber is gonna be very essential for how security is advanced and implemented across the ecosystem. First of all, organizations must prioritize cybersecurity investment to prevent dis business disruption and let alone uh, protect business outcomes, including, well, staying in business. Also, strengthening the overall cybersecurity posture must include topmost consideration of fiber technologies. I think we established that with the previous slide. And I think that feeds into, okay, fiber has all of these built-in benefits and advantages. If that is, since that is true, how can uh, fiber then be combined and integrated with other important security initiatives? And that includes 
uh, for example, endpoint security. That includes, for example, the policy implementation for an organization. And basically, you know, just having better visibility, having better observability, that is basically end to end. And all these things are tied in together. And I think the final takeaway here is that this is an opportunity uh, for the fiber community to assist with uh, the customers out there in making or, uh, security an organization-wide responsibility. It's not just about, okay, I have confidence in my fiber, but how can I leverage my fiber assets to make my across-the-board security all the more uh, durable, all the more reliable? And that includes, uh, for example, working with partners. And so on that positive note, I'll hand the mic back to you, Gary. Thank you. Ron, yeah, really interesting stuff. So maybe we probably should have started at the beginning is to define security threats. So, I mean, you kind of during your conversation, you talked about protecting perimeters and, you know, um, worried about malware and ransomware and uh, protection against phishing attacks and other intrusions, and then even just data threat threats, you know, data theft, as well as just network disruptions, whether it's, um, malicious disruptions, you know, bad actors. Uh, I mean, so when you're doing the survey, how how are the respondents framing their answer? What what do they think about when they're thinking about security threats? You bet, yeah. Our survey with Dell basically uh, focused on the cybersecurity component. And so the key takeaways here is that uh, organizations are obviously, you know, losing a lot of sleep here. But the important thing is uh, where is this uh, being uh, caused and what can be done to improve uh, the security? And that's why, uh, for example, I emphasize endpoint security as a key area because it's something that all organizations, if they haven't adopted already, are going to. So this is an opportunity for anybody that is addressing uh, this particular issue that it certainly includes fiber suppliers to make a stronger proposition but also, I, I think it's, uh, again, what is the nature of the security threat? Basically, yes, you can break it down in terms, okay, this organization had a ransomware fallout. Uh, this organization was hacked by spear phishing and so forth. But the important thing is you just can't fragment your security policy. You have to have a comprehensive approach to being able to handle the security threat regardless of what it is. So yes, that definitely includes cybersecurity, but also it has to tie into an overall security framework. And that includes physical perimeter security, because even if you have, for example, success with, okay, we're protecting our data centers, we're protecting our data assets, you have to also guard against, you know, a, a malicious player posing as a contractor, for example, and getting it inside, you know, look at your security implementation. So uh, this is why uh, security has to be organization-wide priority. And yes, cybersecurity is an essential part of it. And that's why uh, our survey uh, addressed that particular aspect with keeping in mind, it's an overall framework that is required. You know, I mean, once the pandemic hit and everybody started working from home, really we saw their, you know, the enterprise network really became the you know the residential network right and i mean the enterprise network extended to everybody's home and so you can't just protect you know your ethernet ports right you have to i mean everybody in your network is or many people are outside the your brick and mortar and um so they're definitely more at, at risk so what i mean how does so edr is that what your the the, the kind of net takeaway or is it 
I mean, should organizations have pen tests or how, I mean, what, how should they, how do they know how well their network's protected? Uh, no, it's an excellent question, Gary. And yes, EDR is a key component. So that is a, a key takeaway. And as we know, uh, organizations are already using it and those who aren't are going to onboard. And so that is one key part of the puzzle, but I think it's also not just about the endpoint security, which is always going to be uh, vital. It's also about, for example, your hybrid cloud implementation. And with the advent of the hybrid workforce becoming basically a permanent feature is that we're seeing, for example, uh, uh, hybrid cloud security implementations, such as what is called Secure Assets, Secure Edge Capabilities, or SASE, that's the acronym, uh, gaining a, more traction. Because that type of uh, approach, that framework, is implementing what we talked about here. It's getting that end-to-end -end visibility. So you not only have to know what's going on with your endpoint security, that includes whatever is at uh, the home office, but it's also uh, making sure that it is secure in full alignment with what's going on in the data center, what's going on with the edge uh, locations, which are increasingly becoming distributed. Uh, you know, what's going on with any part of the network that impacts your business and that needs to be secure. So I think uh, the distributed workforce actually is reinforcing that, that it's actually making organizations think more about their overall security posture and getting away from, okay, here's the security patch you know, for this set of technology, here is the security approach for this set of users. And, and, you know, and yes, unfortunately, a lot of it's legacy. We've been here before, but now we're seeing uh, better thinking about how we can bridge that how we can use, uh, you know, basically that software-based SASE technology in conjunction with, you know, hardware endpoint implementations to, you know, get that end-to-end -end visibility to make security a truly comprehensive approach because there's really no way around that, especially if you're a business or a large organization. So, you know, um, quantum networking, you know, so we saw that you know, the first commercial quantum network being launched in Chattanooga, and that was really driven to protect the utility, right? I mean, because there's mm -hmm. there's no better encryption or secure communications than quantum networking because you can use qubit entanglement and be able to really have, I mean, unhackable um, communications. So, do you think that that will, you know, quantum networking is going to take off to help protect networks? Uh, that's a great question, Gary. And I love you know, the quantum aspect, and it's also, I think, applicable to AI and uh, machine learning. And here we go again. It's it's kind of like the dual aspect. The good for the good guys, yes, it will make a difference. And, and I think you know, certainly with quantum specifically, uh the uh built-in capabilities can make encryption foolproof at least you know as as we get uh, more learning about quantum uh capabilities. A lot of it's still in the lab and we still like to see uh, more access to you know, quantum clusters, I guess you can call them, to really advance uh, quantum technology. The only, however, is like, yeah, the bad actors can also leverage quantum technology. And I've heard you know, the scenarios where quantum uh, can preserve all of these legacy encryption uh, implementations and then backward engineer being able to hack them. And thus, you know, it comes down to quantum versus quantum and AI versus AI. But I think ultimately uh, quantum can be used to at least give the good guys a head start. And yes, I, I think uh, that there is more favoritism toward quantum being integral to making security sort of like uh, what blockchain can be in some uh, use cases, a much harder uh, uh, technology to hack 
uh, to compromise and thus you know create havoc. Well, I mean, the phishing attacks are relentless, right? I mean, I probably every hour I get some you know invoice or you know my staff called me. Did you really want me to buy 200 um, gift cards or you know? <laughs> It's it's crazy, right? And you can recognize 99.9% of them, and then you can do that one click, and you know, it's yeah. all of a sudden you got malware or you have some kind of ransomware attack and so forth. So um, hopefully we'll be able to solve this because um, it's exhausting. Yeah. Amen. I mean, that's true. I mean, uh, just uh, recently uh, I had you know a McAfee update. Um, trigger uh, say you know uh, you need to update it and uh, literally within the minute I had somebody calling posing as a Microsoft engineer to help me <laughs> with that quote unquote and so yeah it's just incessant I mean yes you know uh, uh, certain people are going to be targeted more and it just keeps us on our toes and the only thing I, I can see is that we just have to be smarter about this that uh, I would say somebody like Microsoft just has to be smarter about these triggers you know it's like if it's something that has your name in it and you're not authorizing it, then it has to be auto-prevented. So it's not even appearing on the screen. I mean, these, these are things that I, I think just need to be uh, prioritized. And I think, yeah, part of the problem is you know, patching and ad hoc security and, and legacy security. And you know, I, th I think we're seeing progress, you know, uh, for example, I uh, evoked Cisco. At the risk, uh, recent Cisco Live event, they were like, okay, we got to get a handle on this. And that is why we're making security not just a specific area, but also it's across the entire portfolio. It has to be embedded in every single product that we sell and why it matters to security. And I think we'll see more of that so that it's not just it's uh, you know additional feature or it's a separate you know part that has to be you know bolted on type thing and that, that's just been the reality uh, and hopefully we'll get away from uh, that more but yeah in the meantime it's it's a, it's a bit of a jungle and we just have to stay on our toes and wait for better solutions well the good news is we'll have every home and business connected with fiber so at least we'll know that the infrastructure is highly secure we'll just have to work on making sure that um, we use AI and machine learning to uh, ferret out these phishing attacks. But Ron, really appreciate your research and your industry insights. And I want to thank everybody for joining us today and look forward to getting back together next Wednesday for Fiber Breakfast. We're going to be speaking with Cam Ganguly, research analyst from Herix, Harris X, I guess, to discuss her latest research on rural broadband and connected devices. So look forward to that and we'll see you guys next Wednesday.